Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finkston. This morning I want to talk to you about soteria. It's the noun of the verb sozo. Soteria and sozo are the same meaning and yet one is the noun and one is the verb. Well, what, what's the difference? The, the thing that I want to share with you is sozo's the action. It's what God has done. Soteria is the result of the action. In other words, it's the object. It's what's taken place because of the action. And here's why I'm saying this. There are people who know, and when, I, when we say Jesus makes whole, everybody says amen. But here's the other side of that. Not everybody's convinced that they personally are made whole. They've got the verb, Jesus saves. But the object is you. You are delivered. You are saved. You are healed. You. Matthew 1.21, again, look. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people. Note the word, from their sins. He will not just save you in your sin. He saves you from your sin. That's more than just forgiveness. You've been delivered from sin. Titus 3, 3 through 7 says this, For we ourselves... We're also once foolish and disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior, Soteria, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved, sozo us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, Soter. That having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now when you hear the hope of eternal life, most of us think about heaven, about when we've died. Don't make eternal life something that's only in the future. Eternal life is something you received when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Yes, we're going to have eternal life for all everlastingly. But you don't get it when you die. You got it when you were made alive. When you were made whole. But how many of us who are fully depending on Jesus. I'm not talking to people who just have this nominal relation. I'm talking about you're really depending on Jesus. How many of us still see ourselves as foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving lust, hateful and hating one another? Most Christians, most of the church... We've been better trained to expect and handle sin than to expect and enjoy deliverance. We begin the day afraid of sin. We live a shame-filled life 
we go to bed with a long list ready to confess. And if our list isn't very long, we fear we've overlooked some hidden sin. Does that sound like somebody who has been delivered? Somebody who's been washed and renewed by the Holy Spirit, living God's life? We don't understand the length, the depth, and the fullness of Jesus' sozo, His healing, His deliverance, His salvation, His soteria. You have been healed, set free, delivered from that which was destroying you, sin. It's a full deliverance that has been provided. The Bible speaks of three tenses of salvation or soteria. Three tenses. Past, salvation in the past tense is deliverance from sin's penalty. Present tense, salvation is deliverance from sin's power. And future tense, salvation is deliverance from sin's presence. I want you to know going to heaven's not going to change you. Jesus changed you. Going to heaven's just to be the consummation of the change that's already taken place. This ought to set you free. The thing that I'm praying this morning, that you would come to the realization that you have been made whole by God. So I want to talk to you about these first two, the past tense salvation and the present tense. The first one is you've been delivered from the penalty of sin. Past tense. You've been delivered from the penalty of sin. The word we use for this is forgiven or forgiveness. The word forgiveness means to forgive is literally sent away, removed, wiped away, blotted out, covered, lifted off. It's an all-inclusive term. In other words, forgiveness removes all barriers between God and man. The barrier being sin is covered, removed, wiped away, blotted out through the grace and the cross of God. God's forgiveness involves His choice. To forget completely your sin. As far as the east from the west, so far I've removed it. I've forgiven it. God has cast it behind His back, Isaiah 38, 17. I will remember your sins no more. And the way that God, the method of forgiveness... God forgives us entirely and only in Jesus Christ. John the Baptist declared when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God which takes away, forgives, bears, covers the sin of the world. Jesus' very name meant God saves, forgives, cleanses, delivers. Paul tells us that what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemns sin in the flesh, in God's flesh, His flesh. Peter tells us that He, His own self, bear our sins in His own body on the tree, the cross, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. 1 Peter 2.24 Our forgiveness in Jesus Christ before God is complete and everlasting. It is free, it is complete, and it is forever. 
You were not forgiven because God pitied you, but because Christ died for you. Your confession doesn't cover your sin. The blood of Jesus covers your sin. There may be consequences of your past, but there's no condemnation. The penalty has been paid in full. Most of us understand that, but then why do we still sin? Because we don't grasp the present tense deliverance, and that's what I want to spend the majority of the time, the present tense deliverance from sin. Soteria. Delivered from the power of sin. And I want to tell you, it's, it's freedom. Freedom. There's two ways we try to deal with sin. Man's way and God's way. Man's way, and most of us try to do this, we try to confess it away. We try to conquer and subdue it by sheer willpower. Or we try to tame and starve it by rigorous self-discipline or self-denial. Or, here's the one, we surrender and submit to Christ. Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. Listen to me. That's the negative side. There's a positive side. It's not just what I confess. It's what I receive. I've got to receive what God says to be truth. It's not enough for me to know what's bad about me. Let me know what God has done for me and done in me and is going to do through me. God... Yes, I blew it, but you have delivered me. It's coming out on the other side, man's way. Let me tell you, you couldn't deal with sin before you became a Christian. You can't deal with sin after you become a Christian until you accept what God has done. You see, God didn't save you for you to do better. He saved you so you could live the life He intends for you to live. God's way. This is where I want to spend the time. I want you to look at Romans chapter 6. God's way of deliverance. It's the cross of Christ. Romans 6, 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of you were baptized into Christ's death, were into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now we, if we have died with Christ, we believe also that we shall live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, also... You also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. 
And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Three words that I, that's very important. Three action words for you to recognize your deliverance from the power of sin. The first word is no. Underline Romans chapter 6 verse 6 with the first two words. Knowing this. I've got to know this. I've got to know that our old man was crucified with him, that this body of sin might be done away with. I've got to know that the person I was before, the person I was in Adam, was crucified with Jesus. Well, how, how can we know that? Well, Romans 6, 6, Galatians 2, 20. Galatians 5, 4, Colossians 2, 20, Colossians 3, 3, 2 Timothy 2, 11, 1 Peter 2, 24, all tell you this. Well, how can I know that that's really true? <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. How many of you believe that Jesus died for your sins? How do you know that's true? Because the Bible tells us. Well, if the Bible has told us 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 times which is the completion number. If the Bible tells us that seven times, why don't we believe that? Why don't we know that? That not only has Jesus paid for the penalty of my sin, but He has broken the power of sin in my life. Because the Word of God states it to be true. Why? That the body, that the body of sin might be done away with, rendered powerless and inoperative. When Jesus died and when we died with him, sin lost its authority, its power and dominion, its rule over us. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Now folks, what we, most of us don't even realize that a, that a lost person is a slave to sin. That a, before a person comes to Christ, there's a slavery to sin. We're all, we're born in Adam. We're all in under the power and dominion of sin until Jesus delivers us. Until we're set free. But a person in Christ is set free from the power and rule of sin and Satan in their life. Verse 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. As long as a slave is alive, he must obey his master. But if the slave dies, what can the master command him to do? Death with Christ is God's way of deliverance. But we don't stay dead. Romans 6, 8 says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with Him. We're identified with Christ not only in His death, but in His resurrection. With all the resulting blessings. It is this fact which provides the possibility of walking in the newness of life with God. Jesus raised us. Jesus was raised to die no more. And we've been raised to die no more. If this is true, that we died with Christ and rose with Him, how do we get the benefits of it? Look at verse 11 and mark this word. Likewise, also reckon, that word reckon. Mark that word reckon. It's another action word. It's what you do. I know that my old man's dead with Christ. I reckon myself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus the Lord. The word reckon is an accounting term. 
Accounting term. What's an accounting? Accountant. They put down facts and figures. They can put down the facts and figures because they're facts. You understand that? Accounting. I count on it. In other words, you can get out your bank statement and there are accounting for what you've spent and what you've deposited. It's accounting. It's just stating the facts. It's what's available to you. Now, you can write a hot check and you can say there's more there than, there's, than there is, but there's not. But also, a lot of times, how many of you have been surprised gloriously by there being more there than you thought? Let's live on that side of the ledger, Right? Let's count on what God says to be true, that we know that we've died with Christ, we've been raised with Him, and now all the benefits of that death and resurrection now are put to my account. I'm to count that to be true. I'm to walk in it. I'm to live in it. I'm to live by it. Reckon yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive to God. Count it to be true. Remember, we're dead, sin isn't. Okay? I'm not saying sin was conquered and sin's out of the way and there's no such thing as sin anymore. That's not what I'm saying. Remember in the Old Testament when God took his children of it, took the children of Israel, the Hebrew children out of Egypt? He brought them, he delivered them from their slavery. All right? When they went through the Red Sea, the Red Sea was their way of freedom. But the same Red Sea that was their way of freedom also was the conquering of that which was against them. Pharaoh and his armies flow and then the sea closes in. The cross was our way of deliverance, but it was sin's way of destruction in our lives. God didn't destroy Egypt he took his people out of Egypt. God didn't destroy sin as it, as it being in the world, but he took his people out of sin. Count it to be true. But also count it that you're alive to God. You're alive to God. On all that is holy and right and good. And each, as each new demand presents itself, we can in quiet confidence reckon ourselves alive to God, allow our hearts and mind to be filled with His inward divine life, and walk accordingly. Well, preacher, you still hadn't con- convinced me that why do I still battle sin? Why do I still fall for sin? It's a third word here. And I'm going to use a different word than what's in Scripture, but the old King James says it. In Romans 6, 12, it says yield. The reason we still have a problem with sin is because we still yield to it. Romans 6, 12 says, Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey its lust. Don't let it. The very fact that you have that choice. Don't let it. Don't let it means that you're the one who lets it. Okay? Sin will reign in our lives only so long as we allow it. It's a trespasser. It's an unwelcome guest. If we commit sin now, it's because we let it. We choose it. 
Because sin has not been taken out of the world, we can still choose to sin. How? Verse 13. How do we do it then? Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. I'm in charge of who I present my body to, my life to. I'm in charge. Now, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature in Christ. I've been forgiven. The power's been broken, but I still am the one who presents it. I can still choose it. By presenting myself, my mind, will, and emotion to sin, I allow it to come and live through me in unrighteousness. My body becomes a tool, an instrument of sin and Satan as I obey it. Satan comes along lying, luring, enticing, flirting. We believe what he says, which is always a lie, even if it's a half lie. We count it to be true, and we yield to it, and we present ourselves to obey it, and the result is sin. We can commit sin. But the power of it has been broken. But we can. You remember the, product, the story of the prodigal son? The prodigal son, the father, he goes and asks for his inheritance. And the father gives both these sons the inheritance. But you remember the, the prodigal son, the one son, he, he starts seeing the world. He seeks after the world. He presents himself to the far country. And he lives according to the lust of life in riches, pleasures, and fame. He presented himself to sin and became its slave. He was a son... But he became a slave. Whose choice was it? Wasn't the father's. He just took what he was attracted to and presented himself to it. Instead of presenting yourself and your body to sin, the scripture says present yourself to God. You don't have to continue in sin. That doesn't mean that you won't sin. It simply means that you don't have to. In Christ, you've been made whole. Live in that wholeness. How? By counting it to be true. By yielding yourself to God and obeying Him. Present yourself to God as an instrument, a tool of righteousness. Go back to the story of the prodigal son. He found himself in the, the pig's pen. Almost weight, starving. Dirty. Ashamed. Almost wanting to eat, well, willing to eat the pig slop. The Bible says, and he came to himself. He came to see who he really was, a son of the Father. He counted it to be true and rose to present himself as he was unto the Father to become a slave to the Father, a servant to the Father. He goes home. The Father, we know, is watching, and he goes out to meet him. The Son repents, presenting himself to the Father's judgment. And here's what the Father's judgment was. This, my son, was dead, but now he's alive. He presented himself to the Father who judges righteously. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, and every slave in the United States was immediately and automatically freed from slavery. But many of them didn't immediately become free. Now, don't you listen to me. It, they were free, 
but they didn't become free. Well, how do you become free? You have to hear the good news. You have to believe that it was true. Then they had to count it to be a fact that was true for them personally and particularly. Then they had to assert their freedom and refuse any longer to remain in bondage to their former masters. And in doing so, they could count on the entire strength of the United States to be behind them. We fought a bloody civil war to declare that they were free. So it is with us. The enemy doesn't want you to know that you've been made whole. And if you do find it out, he doesn't want you to believe it. He wants to remind you of all the things that you've done and all the ways that you still have in your life. Here's what you've got to do. I've got to know that that old man is dead. I've got to reckon, count it to be true, particularly for me. Not just true in Scripture, particularly for me. And then I've got to no longer let that power have dominion over me. It's been broken. But you see, I've been so long familiar with this way, I can't... No, listen, it's been broken. The door's unlocked. Open it and walk free. If the sun sets you free... You are free indeed. And you know what? One day, I'm going to die and I stand before my Father. And everything that He said and everything that he, He's going to confirm, it was all true. And I would no longer even be in the presence of sin. But until then, I want to live forgiven and free because I've been made whole by God how about you let's pray Father we bless you and thank you we receive your truth Lord we're asking you to show us Holy Spirit remind us Holy Spirit we put it in our ledger apply it to our account I am free indeed I no longer want to let those things those habits those things that I've felt like I've been in bondage to to rule my life any longer Lord I'm asking you you've made me whole let me live as a whole man and I trust you to do it in Jesus name Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.